Another edition of Tech Watch Radio already. Time flies when you're having fun. My name is Sam Bushman. I'm with my brother Jay Harrison. Welcome, sir. Hello, Sam. How's it going? Absolutely fantastic. And this is indeed Tech Watch Radio, where we keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. Brought to you by Network Providers Incorporated. Networkpridersinc.com, the main site for IT services, security services, help desk services, consultant services and a whole lot more all available at networkprovidersinc.com the website for the broadcast on radio and podcast after the fact on all incredible podcast platforms available at npitechguys.com that's npi like network providers inc npitechguys.com and if you click there you can listen to the podcasts um the hour show on the weekends is for radio and then two podcasts come out after that one on saturdays usually and the other on wednesdays so that's all available incredible tech notes and the shows audio available there and that all fine audio sources near you meaning itunes tune in uh, Spotify, uh, the list just goes on and on and on. Google Play, um, anyway, uh, Amazon Music, all that available. Um, but I want you also to know that if you click a button on that website, then you get the news of the day that MBI brings forth, all related to tech. So it is uh, the way we keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. Man, I want to talk about cars now, Jay. This is very interesting. They wanted you to believe electronic or electric vehicles were going to be all the rage, EV. Oh, yeah. Um, and they've been pushing for it. They've been subsidizing it. I'm not interested in the political side of the discussion, but they've done everything they can to pull out all the stops and push manufacturers and to really embrace this. But it hasn't gone very well, and they're having to take a huge step backwards. For example, Lucent Motors plans to build just 9,000 electric vehicles in 2024, that's only 500,000, or I'm sorry, only 500 to 1,000 more than they built the year before. The problem is they say there's just no demand for their luxury sedans. Nobody's really that interested in them, according to TechCrunch. Uh, and, you know, they predicted they were going to build a certain amount of electric vehicles, but it turns out they're only going to build about 10%, so 90% cutback on what they were going to build because nobody wants them. Well, we went to the Lucent website to check it out and see what we thought. And they're expensive vehicles. No wonder nobody's buying them, Jay. In the inflationary well, you, reality that we face, not political here, but who has the money for that? Well, not just that, right? You you have a company that is uh, basically an unknown. Nobody really has heard of Lucid Motors before. And who wants to drop? I mean, most of their vehicles start at around $70,000. Who wants to drop that kind of money? On an unknown. Now, sure, somebody will immediately say, well, people pay that for a Tesla sometimes. Well, yeah, but Tesla's got some track record now. Tesla's been around for 10 plus years and in, in actually delivering on cars and stuff. But if well, you just you know start up a have new Teslas and they like them and all that yeah. kind of stuff, I mean, it's a deep market penetration that this other company has nothing. And they the have sort. the brand awareness. I mean, everybody, the first thing you think of when you think of an electric car is a Tesla. But I, I don't think you can roll out a new company like this. Now, there's been some exceptions. Rivian, for example, has rolled out their electric vehicles, their their truck and their uh, SUV. The And they're impressive, though. I mean, they're they're huge, and they're getting a lot of 
publicity about it, and they are, you know, rolling out some big numbers. But um, this, you know, Sam brought this up to me before the show, and I'm like, he's like, have you ever heard of these guys? I'm like, no, not really. I don't know. I mean, maybe I have, but I don't remember. Well, that's it's why not like I asked the question, the not to not to show that you don't know something, but just to show. Uh, before I saw the article, I didn't even know who Lucent was either. Yeah, no wonder they can't sell seventy thousand dollar. Uh, prototype vehicles to, to a market well, prototype and seventy thousand dollars is the floor for their vehicles too you can buy a lot yeah. of teslas for much cheaper than that now too so they've got to come to the dollar and cents game but the other problem is there's the lack of chargers out there look you they want to sell all these cars but where do you go to charge them jay and even That's... if you go to a place that has a charger likely it's a tesla charger and may not work for your car or it has to go on trickle charge meaning it takes forever that's true and there's a lot of problems with broke chargers and things like that but they are fixing that and it's again mostly to tesla's credit because they've opened sourced the uh their charging connector which is obviously superior than the uh, current one that has kind of been the standard for the united states and everybody's going to end up moving to that charger and hopefully that will solve some of the electric vehicle issues of charging. And it's not in the even future. because it's the best thing on the planet. It's because it's already the most ubiquitous. And if they open it up, it's like, well, do you want to spend billions to get where they already are or take advantage of where they are now and move forward is the question. Right. right. And they have a huge charging network. And more often than not, Tesla chargers are more reliable and better serviced. And you can actually bet that they're going to work. That's not to say that they're never broken, but. Um, some of these other chargers are more often broken uh, of these other companies. They, they just don't have the the push behind it and the support that Tesla does for its chargers. Now, they say this this Lucent, Lucent company or whatever, Lucent Motors. Lucid, I believe, build, right? Yeah, Lucid, I guess. Like they're, a Lucid they're Dream. They're going to build 10% of what they projected they would build. That's 90% reduction. I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm not trying to undermine the company, but if you only produce 10% what you're projecting, how are you going to stay alive doing that, Jay? I don't know. Maybe they're going to release a coupon or something so you can get you know, 10% you can off. Get 20 grand off and get it for 50 grand? <laughs> yeah. I'm still not going to buy a car for 50 grand that doesn't have charging stations, that you know doesn't work well in the cold and doesn't work well in the heat and is subject to fire and all kinds of it. You know, there's been all kinds of negative information about that. I want to well, see I'll why isn't somebody bringing out a car, an electric car, which is supposed to be so much cheaper, so many less moving parts, so much everything else. Why aren't no. Why don't we see cars for ten, fifteen thousand dollars brand not new? Cheaper. I I just no. The, the proof we've is been in the pudding. sold They're a bill of cheaper. goods, man. Well, and that's part of the problem. So you probably haven't heard of Lucid, but you have heard of Mercedes Benz, right, Jay? I have. Yeah, I'm familiar with. That. Okay, good. <laughs> just making sure. I'm just kidding. Mercedes-Benz, though, on Thursday, walked back their plans to have a, quote, all-electric line of vehicles by 2030. They said Not they were going to get that done. They're walking it back. They can't do it. They say, as consumers, decline or decline to adopt electric vehicles, EVs, if you will, Um at the rate the automakers expected. Now, I don't mean to be rude to them, Jay, but why would they expect we'd all be buying these vehicles when they don't have charging stations? It's not. When they're so expensive, we can't afford them. Why would you project we would buy them? Doesn't your market research do the other thing? You don't You don't say, I'm Mercedes-Benz and you're going to buy my vehicles. And then we're like, no, we're not. Why don't you find out what we're thinking before you make your projections and plans? And I don't understand it. They're, 
it's, it's not the just of the way consumers the though, to work. right? It's not just consumers. You have um, look at rental car companies, Hertz, Budget, Enterprise. They're all rolling back plans that they had said or they had announced, uh, you know, hoping to cash in on the goodwill that they were going to have all these all electric fleets. Even corporate America is saying, hey, you know, we're actually doing better with our gasoline vehicles. And so I think that that's as much as consumers as in the business realm, people just aren't adopting the electric vehicles like they thought they were going to. Yeah, but I don't see why we would do like we thought we're going to. Look, let me just explain something to these people, economically speaking. It's a supply and demand. And what happens is when there's demand, you produce supply to meet the demand, not the other way around. Right. You don't try to find the demand after you got the supply. That's a clown game. Yeah, but in a new market, you might have to provide some supply before there is a demand. I can see that. Or you try to create the demand with advertising and things. Yeah, and you got to have the supply when the demand's there. I get it, but you can't leave. There's, there's been a demand for electric vehicles, though, right? I mean, maybe I, I think I don't that know. It, it, if you take it's away waning. all the incentives and, and all these different things, I'm not so sure there is. I think people have been pressured into buying them. People have been pressured into trying them and stuff like that. I mean, I think there's a little demand on the Tesla side, but I think that's about it for the most part. I think there's a little bit of a panacea of people who thought they were going to be much better. And they just thought, hey, if we just get in there and we start doing this, um, we'll work out the bugs along the way and, and we'll figure it out. And it's just going to be so much better than than what they call ice engines, right? Internal combustion engines. Yeah. Um, but they're just, you know, they, the demand has waned, no doubt. Well, here's what happened. They promised the world and everybody jumped aboard going, I accept the promises. This is incredible. I don't know enough about it, but I'm going to embrace it. And then they found out the promises were overhyped. The problems were under admitted to. And so now, not only did Mercedes-Benz walk back the time frame, but listen to this. The company has changed its expectations to have only, quote, 50% of its sales be EVs by 2030, announcing that it will be updating their line of ICE or internal combustion engine vehicles, listen, for the next decade plus, according to their fourth quarter reports. And now they're talking about 2040 even, Jay. And I submit to you that I bet they won't get 50% of their sales by 2030. And I don't until think that- you get a few things solved, it's not going to happen. Number one, there's discussions about the chargers. There's discussions about the batteries. There's even discussions now about insurance being a serious problem. And then people are saying, hey, the roads are not even built for this kind of heavy vehicles. It's one thing to have a semi go across it once in a while, but if every vehicle all of a sudden increased their weight because of the batteries and the electronics in it and everything, if, if the cars just get heavier and heavier, the roads aren't ready for that kind of traffic, Jay, at all. So we don't have any infrastructure for this. I know. It's crazy. And the idea that you're going to then say, well, we were projecting this, now we're going to have to back off. and I don't think insane. that any car company should be going on record saying what they're going to do five, 10, 15 years from now, you just, you can't see the landscape that far out. You can't see what demand's going to be. And, and to say, well, we're not, we're going to be, we're going to phase out all industrial or internal combustion engines by 2030. That's a, I think that not only is it ridiculous, but you don't know what could change. There could be hydrogen. There could be other options that you're not even of course. aware of that, that may be in play at that point. Why would you commit to something like that? Unless they just think I that think it's a that PR they're thing being pushed by and they could just roll it back. Being pushed by guidelines that are making them do this. I think they just think it's a PR thing, and they hey, you know, they could say whatever, and then they could just roll it back like they're doing right now. I mean, there's no yeah. penalty to roll it back, is there? And say, oh, you know what, we changed our mind. The penalty is lackluster sales, and in my opinion, I have a lot less trust in Mercedes and a lot less trust in Lucid because of this. 
Yeah, I guess. I never really trusted Mercedes it, that much. <laughs> it doesn't build my trust is what I'm saying, though, right? Right. Agreed. Now, they say this. A slowdown in the growth of electric vehicle EV demand has led to entire mines being shut down as the supply of rare earth minerals <laughs> exceeds demand. Like lithium. Wall Street Journal now on this piece, Jay, where they're just going, you know what? We've got all these rare earth minerals out of the ground. We're ready to go, and no one needs them. Well, again, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink, Jay. And that's kind of what they're trying to do here. I don't get it. Why would you get all these rare earth minerals out there, make all these projections, do all this stuff when you know the roads can't handle it, the insurance companies can't handle it, the batteries can't handle it, the charging stations can't handle it. You don't have any infrastructure. Why would you lead into this? What kind of who's at the helm of these companies? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense because you I, you can't say on one hand we have such a shortage of these rare earth minerals like lithium, and then on the same hand say well we have such a, a supply and an oversupply because well why aren't batteries getting cheaper? I mean everybody wants batteries. Well it doesn't matter whether it's your cell phone, whether you're putting up a wall pack in your house for your solar system, or you're putting them in your cars. There's, there's no lack of demand for battery power and for energy storage. So I don't know where they're even coming off saying this stuff. I, well, I, it just seems contradictory. Because it's too expensive and it doesn't work. When you give me a battery that only has so many charges and it goes south on me two, three, four, five years later, and it doesn't you know, hold the charge that I need it to and stuff like that, I'm just saying the batteries are too expensive until the price comes down. I'm not interested. The same thing with solar. Yeah. I've been promising solar forever and a day. And does solar work? Yes. Is it reliable consistently? No. Is it expensive still? Absolutely. Has it come down a ton? Yes, but we're nowhere near the sweet spot. And it's the batteries mostly that are the expense in solar. The panels sure. have come down in price some. And the panels are fairly efficient now and doing pretty well, but the batteries still don't back up what we need. Yeah. All right. And the next headline relates to this entirely. Car insurance soars. Price Isn't that the truth? Price for insurance soars even beyond inflation. They say even as inflation eases, your insurance is going up. Which states are the worst, they're asking. That's USA Today asking this question. So I look at that and I just go, man, and part of it has to do with electric vehicles. Because there's what happens. You buy an electric vehicle, what happens if it gets wrecked, Jay? Uh, all kinds of things can happen. Some of them are using, you know, high-power batteries that you can have shorts and arcs and, um, you know, fires, fires and all kinds of problems. Yeah. But when you want to do it, well, let's say your battery goes bad or whatever, you need to replace it. You know, who's going to do that? If you get in a wreck to replace that car or to, you know, it's expensive now. The newer cars are very expensive to fix. But if, it, if it's an EV, it is, it's but even, even more so. Even EMTs and, and uh, firefighters what's and What's the stuff. word called, Jay? What's that? It's uh, when, you, when you destroy a vehicle, it's considered. Uh, totaled? Yeah, totaled. Sorry. Uh, no, when you total a car. Because of the structure of these vehicles, you can't determine the soundness of them. And so they're having to scrap and just call these vehicles totaled. Well, just think if you had a Lucid, 70 grand total, boom. I mean, that's double the average cost of a car, you know, kind of range. Um, insurance just can't handle it, Jay. Well, they're not going to take the hit. They're just going to charge the consumers. Everybody right. in aggregate. Yeah, and that's why rates are going up. Because cars are so expensive. The average car price now is like $50,000. And we're seeing cars easily hitting, you know, like the new Humvee, $120,000 for the base model. I mean, come on. It, it's crazy what people are paying for cars. It's crazy what they're paying for houses. And the house insurance problem has the same issue. 
Well, and it makes you wonder, in my opinion, Jay, <clears throat> what's going to happen here with this? If insurance goes up so much and car prices are so expensive, what are people going to do? People are going to be starting to be forced out of vehicles. That's right. You won't own vehicles. You won't own homes. I, you know, that may be by design. I don't know. What are you going to do? Anyway, you say, Sam, why are you guys talking about this? This is technology show, right? Because I believe the technology is the bottleneck. Well, if we had the technology of charging stations, if we had the technology to deal with these cars when they get in a wreck, to not ratchet up insurance, if it's really cheaper and more efficient and more whatever they want to say, then prove it. Even in the, the facts are the technology is not there, Jay, in terms of inexpensive rollout. Even in the face of inflation, though, technology we've always seen traditionally makes these things cheaper, lighter, faster, better. I mean, look at computers and, and how that developed. Why aren't we seeing that same kind of trend in cars? They're, all, they're becoming more electronics than they are um, like a mechanical beast that they used to be. We should be seeing that same kind of at least hedging against inflation. But if not, you know, making them less expensive, more affordable, and where the more and more people can have them. And more affordable even- to fix with insurance, too. But even but tech isn't becoming a lot cheaper, though. I look at a computer, a laptop. When I got in computers and stuff, laptops were expensive, you know, four, five, six grand. And they're cheaper than, now than they were then. But that was, you know, 40 years ago or whatever. Um, in the last five years, have you really seen, um, you know, computers get cheaper? I don't think so. Not really. I mean, not like we used to, not in, in days before. They're kind of holding their own. It also depends on where you buy and how you buy. Um but yeah, but yeah. look, you can get a cheap computer for under seven hundred bucks. I haven't seen an average computer from seven hundred to fifteen hundred. You can get a good computer from fifteen hundred to three grand. You can get a great computer from three to five grand. That's really been the case for a long time. What I've also seen though that has slowed down or stopped almost is Moore's Law. You know, we used to see computers year over year getting faster and faster and just doubling in speeds every 18 months was Moore's law right and i don't see that happening anymore i don't see computers making monumental gains when they roll out the next intel chip it's not groundbreaking when they roll out the next iphone i mean you know they they have some good pr on it like especially the m2s for apple and stuff they're they're making some progress there but not like they used to not in the days where it was so enormous the jump forward in speed and in power processing power and technology and you know maybe that's contributing to a a stabilization or not that huge decrease in pricing that we used to see let me talk to elon musk because he's the leader at tesla let me talk to the leaders of lucid let me talk to the leaders of mercedes-benz and every other you know wannabe ev maker listen to me very carefully if you want success for your vehicles you need to look at the supply chain And what I mean by the supply chain is all things that it takes to operate these vehicles, to create them, to produce them, to deliver them, to use them, and eventually to dispense of them. Because eventually all things get dispensed of at the end of the day. You got to look at that whole supply chain and you got to have answers to the problems that we face. One example, when all these cars are too heavy for the roads, you think you got potholes in your roads now. Just drive thousands of heavy EVs over those things every single day and your potholes are going to quintuple. And that's just a simple example of my point. You have got to build out the infrastructure to make electronic vehicles viable and usable. You've got to build out the structure to where I don't have to worry about, you know, my car just catching fire all the time. Now, I know any vehicle can catch fire, but it's the likelihood, the probability that it will and how even these electric vehicles, when they, when they catch on fire, a lot of these fire departments, as you were mentioning before, Jay, they don't even 
uh, say fight this thing. They just say get away from it and let it burn all the way down, and then we'll deal with it. Yeah, and a because lot of rescue hot, people can't. They don't. You know, they're very cautious of where they can cut these vehicles open with the jaws of light. They don't want to cut a high voltage cable or or high amperage cable. Um, it can cause all kind of problems. So there's issues with that too. So I'm predicting massive setbacks for electric vehicles. I'm telling people right now, listen to me, they don't have the infrastructure even close. I know they want you to believe they're going to have them here tomorrow and you should get one today. But they're very expensive until the price comes down without being subsidized. In other words, if you build a cheaper, better mousetrap or a better, um, you know, then people are going to go there. But they haven't done that. They have hyped that, but they haven't delivered. And until they deliver, until you guys deliver on these promises, it's got to be cheaper, faster, cleaner, smaller, lighter, faster, better. Okay, all these things have to be present. I've got to be able to get a charging station like a gas station, meaning it's got to be ubiquitous enough. But you've got to add to that, Jay. It's got to be done timely. If I go to the to the charging station and it takes me three hours and I only get 200 miles of charge or whatever it may be, it's just not viable, Jay. Everything yeah. else in place, it's still not viable. True. And and so uh, my advice to these people from a technical point of view is don't hire your projection folks based on hype based on governmental regulations, based on the hire a tech guy like a Sam Bushman consultant that can put the real, pardon the phrase, rubber to the road on this thing and give you the facts. That's not viable until they get these things solved, Jay. When they have a better mousetrap, it becomes viable. Until then, it's not even close. Right now, it's just a more expensive mousetrap without the And a, and a less valuable one, meaning yeah. that it's less valuable to me if I can't drive my car across the country. It's less valuable to me if my car, you know, loses its ability to charge itself or stay charged in the cold. Yeah, but Sam, you're not thinking about the real reason. You know the bragging rights. You can tell everybody you're driving an EV. Okay. You know, you're green. Even the hybrids I question. <laughs> Look, when I got married 32 years ago, I bought a Geo Metro car for $5,000, absolutely brand new. Wow. And it got close to 50 miles to the gallon. Now, it was a little teeny three-cylinder thing, and it was gutless. Up the, up the hills, it would be really struggle. But it was a great teeny first car. And now I hear all these hybrids, and they don't even get close to that amount per gallon. We've right. gone the wrong direction, Jay. Yeah, there are some cars that are doing pretty well, though. I mean, the, the Kia Soul, the gasoline version of it, it's, it's getting in the high 30s, low 40s sometimes. Okay, so I had 10 miles to the gallon better 32 years ago. Yeah. Well, this probably has good? a lot more horsepower than the, the Geo Metro. Well, okay, does so you've you managed to say we'll give you 10 miles an hour less and we've increased the horsepower. That's great, but it's not huge progress. Right. And I look at planes, for example. What progress have we seen in planes over the last 30 years? Now they're trying to make electric planes, you get too. get there faster, cheaper, less? No, when I get in a plane now, it used to be nice and a wide seat and I'd get, you know, nice roasted almond peanuts or, whatever, or almonds and peanuts and Honey roasted this night. Now I lucky if I get anything and I'm put in a seat that I can hardly move in, and I don't see the plane, uh, uh, or the, the friendly skies being any more friendly or cheaper or better or faster or uh, any of these things at all. Now it's Greyhound of worse. the airwaves. And you're going to see this happening with the EVs too. So anyway, I don't mean to be negative in this tech podcast, but I want people to be realistic about technology and the implementation. You've got a lot of I's to dot and T's to cross to get this viable. Insurance being chief among them. And if you make everything else perfect, but the insurance goes to the roof, I can't do it, Jay. I've seen people with insurance payments as large as their car payment. No kidding. Yeah, see, who in their right mind? And, and the car payments are almost as much as your house payments now. Yeah, certainly as much and as your house payments used to be. who can live in a world like that? 
So anyway, I don't mean to be all negative, but I do want people to have a realistic expectation of this. You asked some of the questions that I've been asking to the car dealerships. I had a car dealership, and I went looking with my daughter to, to look at a car, and they're like, why don't you look at an EV? And I said, okay, great. Let's look at the EV. What's the best one you can recommend? And he told me, and I said, how quick can I have it in my hands? He goes, well, we've got a big waiting list. I can get you one in probably a year or so. I said, how's my daughter going to get to work for the next year then, sir? Yeah, what good is that? And he goes, well, yeah, I guess you probably better look at one of these. I said, okay, now we're making sense. See, the discussions are that simple, folks. It's not rocket science. And I know this sounds like it's not a technology discussion, but I submit to you that it is. That's why sales for are waning. Every reason, that's for every reason we just pointed out on the radio. Thanks so much for listening. And we don't mean to be negative, but we do want you to have your eye on tech like we do. You can do so by listening to npitechguys.com. All right, it's in the can. Thanks so much. Make it a great tech day, will you? Thanks.